0: Welcome to another edition of Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. We're so glad you chose to listen with us today, and we pray your life will be blessed through the following message.
1: we get this idea that God is supposed to serve us and that somehow he's this genie that's come in to make our life this pleasurable place to where that we never have any problems or anything else and yet he tells us straight up he says in this world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world And because you have the power of the Holy Spirit and grace abiding in you, you can overcome the world. But the way you overcome the world is not for your sake or for your name, it's for His name. It's to see that He is high and lifted up.
0: As Christians, we should be an example to the rest of the world. People should look to us and wonder why aren't we panicked or afraid with all the death, destruction, and turmoil going on in the world around us. We should be able to tell them why we're at peace when the world around us is in chaos. That's where a knowledge of the kingdom of God comes into play. And in today's message, Pastor Eddie Mason lays the foundation for the invisible, unshakable, glorious kingdom of God and the role it plays in our lives.
1: I want to talk to you this morning about the invisible, unshakable, glorious kingdom of God. I want, you, I want you to get a mindset. I want you to get a kingdom mindset. God's been really working on me. Uh, I have been reading and studying, and God's just got my heart just flooded with emotion uh, uh, about the kingdom of God and what it really means to be as a part of that kingdom and, and what, that, what it means to, to want to not only be a part of it, but expand it. When we go back into the original assignment of man, God put man on the earth and he put him in a garden and he said, now have dominion over it and expand my kingdom throughout the whole earth. Now he didn't use the word kingdom, I understand that. But that's what he was saying. Let my rule and reign be expanded through the whole earth. How many know God hadn't changed his mind or his mission? Amen, and so he hasn't changed his mind, he hadn't changed his mission, and so he wants the kingdom spread. And the Bible says that, that he will not return until the, the gospel of the kingdom is preached. Now, notice he didn't just say the gospel. Sometimes we think that's just salvation, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the gospel of the kingdom. And so we want to be sure that we understand what the kingdom is and how important it is. One of the things I want you to know beyond a shadow of doubt is that Jesus is the king. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's my king. Amen. Now, for us, that's a little bit different because we really don't know what it is to be under a king. But when you're under a king, it's also known as being under a sovereign. You know why they call him a sovereign? Because his will is accomplished no matter what he he wills, it's going to come to pass. In John 1836, Jesus answered Pilate and he said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Now notice the switch. He went from my kingdom's not in the world to my kingdom's not from the world. In other words, his power and authority is not generated through people. His power and his authority is not generated by anything on the earth. His power and his authority come because he is God and it comes from the father through the Holy Spirit and so when we begin to look at his kingdom we understand that his will will be done and so his power does not originate from the earth it originates from the father and it comes in to invade the the kingdoms of this earth am I making sense to you? And so we need to be part of an invasion. What we have done is we have taken the gospel and made it a me-centered gospel rather than a Christ-centered gospel. We have me sitting on the throne rather than Jesus sitting on the throne. We have God serving me rather than me serving God. And so when I come into this place to where I want to serve God, it's kind of like what Joshua was saying this morning, I want to give it all to him. And sometimes that's hard to do because being selfish and being self-centered comes very naturally for me. How about you? How about you? You know, I am I'm ai I'm a, love my creature comforts. I love everything I have. And, and I put a lot of time in it. I was, I was looking at a uh, Ford F-150, one of those that was jacked up, had the, the crew cab on it, the whole nine yards, brand new, shining from end to end. And uh, my first thought was, unless that man paid cash for it, his payments are probably around $700 a month. Seven hundred dollars a month that means that he works probably thirty hours a month just to pay the payments on that truck, not to take care of it. He swaps his labor for that material thing. You understand that now i don 't think in terms of automobiles, I think in terms of golf, in other words, how many golf how many times could I play golf rather than spending on that money on something else? Amen. Okay, you may think about ice creams. I I don't know. But whatever, We, we get this idea that God is supposed to serve us and that somehow he's this genie that's come in to make our life this pleasurable place to where that we never have any problems or anything else. And yet he tells us straight up. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. He says, that that's born of God overcomes. Turn to your neighbor and say, God expects you to overcome. Now, that's a pretty big expectation, isn't it? So he doesn't expect you to do it by yourself. He expects you to do it because the power of the Holy Spirit and grace abides within you. And because you have the power of the Holy Spirit and grace abiding in you, you can overcome the world. But the way you overcome the world is not for your sake or for your name. It's for his name. It's to see that he is high and lifted up. When we get when we get mistaken about who's the one that's supposed to be honored, when we think it's us, we have made a fatal error in the kingdom we have made a fatal error in the kingdom I was witnessing to a young lady today uh, yesterday and uh, I was uh, she was wearing a cross around her neck and I said I like your cross she said well thank you I said do you believe in the one that came off that cross and she said sort of I said I don't understand sort of I said, but I do want you to know this. I want you to know he loves you and he's got a plan for your life. She said, well, I hope so. I said, he does. I promise you he does. She said, but to be honest with you, I'm, I'm really into science. And I grinned from ear to ear and I said, me too. I'm really into science too. She said, you are? I said, oh man, I love it. Science just proves everything God's already said. She looked at me and she said, does it really? I said, Absolutely. I said, Scientists make mistakes all the time. The Word of God never makes a mistake. Isn't that interesting? I said, It it is what they say. It is what she said. She said, Well, I've never looked into it like that. She said, Really, I'm superstitious. I thought, You're into science and you're superstitious. Okay, you can't be into science and into superstition at the same time. She said, I wear this as a good luck charm. And I said, Well, let me tell you something. You need to believe in the one that hung on that cross. And I'm going to pray for you. Is that okay? She said, absolutely, you can pray for me. So she let me pray for her. But can I tell you that she is not the only person like that. She was just the most honest person I've run into in a long time. She's wearing that cross as a good luck symbol. She might as well have a rabbit's foot in her pocket, you know, a four-leaf clover. I never have to thought a rabbit's foot was too lucky because some rabbit had to give that rabbit's foot up, amen? And so that's not such a lucky thing. But anyway, what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that our witness has to come forth and there has to be something that's so different about us that the world wants to know, what is this difference? Why aren't you in panic mode? Why aren't you in fear mode? Why aren't you worried? Why aren't you all, all of these things that the rest of the world is? And the answer is not because I'm, I'm, I'm not in panic and fear, but I've got Jesus and Jesus is not afraid. And so if Jesus is in control, guess what? I'm not afraid either. In Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And so not only did he say my kingdom's not from this world, my authority is not derived from this world, but he said all, all authority has been given to me. You see, the things that the scientists can't even figure out Our God's already figured out. They they can't tell you why a molecule stays together. They know if you break one apart, if you take an atom and break it apart, it'll explode. Now think about that. Think about splitting atoms. You've got these little atoms that nobody can see, and you split an atom, and it can wipe out the population of a whole city. And God said it's by him that all things are held together. It's by Christ that all things are held together. He created all things. And by him, all things that are created were created. But you have to understand that there is more going on than what you see with your eyes. There is an invisible kingdom that is in the earth because the Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is in the earth. But there is also an enemy in the earth. There is a, an enemy that has been unleashed in the earth. And he is not going to be put away until the final judgment. And when we begin to ignore that, when we get so sophisticated that we can't understand that the enemy is real, then what we do is we go back to what this young lady said and we look at the science and we begin to get confounded by the things that are going on in the world because we're not looking beyond what we can see. We're looking only at the natural and not looking at the supernatural. And so when we begin to look into the spirit realm and understand that our God is in charge and our God is going to take care of us, then we can walk in a place of peace and victory and there can be something so different about who we are that everybody's asking, what have you got? I want it. I want what you've got. And so he has all authority, all authority. It's, it, he is not going to be Satan. He already has defeated him he has put him to shame look what Job said Job 42 2 I know you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted all authority in heaven and earth, whatever Jesus has decreed will come to pass. He is the sovereign Lord. He is the sovereign King. He is almighty God. What he has said will happen, will happen. His promises are yes and amen. Amen, come on, give God praise, yeah. He is the sovereign God, and Job recognized that. He said there's nothing that any." person in heaven or on the earth or in the earth that can do anything to stop what you've done. Now, let me tell you what he did. On the day of Pentecost, he initiated a new Israel. He initiated an Israel that would keep the covenant through Jesus Christ, and be forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. He created a people that would be overcomers because they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. He created a brand new creation, and we are that new creation, and we are the church, the temple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I don't know about y'all, but I get excited when I begin to think about this thing. I have been chosen as one to show forth and to manifest the glory of his kingdom in the earth. And it doesn't matter what has taken place. It doesn't matter what I see with my eyes. What God has decreed will come to pass. What God has decreed will come to pass. Isaiah 14, 27 says, For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? He said, once God says something, it's a done deal. Now, let me let you in on a little secret. It's either with you or without you. He intended for the Israelites to come out of Egypt and to to spend a little time getting to know him and then to go into the promised land and conquer But they got to the promised land, and rather than conquer, they got afraid. And so he said, I'll just let this generation die out, and I'll bring in a generation that will trust me and rely on me. God's looking for a generation that said, I trust you, God. I trust you. My confidence is not in what man says. My confidence is not in what doctors say. My confidence is not what the law says. My confidence is in the blood of Jesus Christ and the price that you've paid for me, and I stand in the midst of that blood. Amen. Amen. I am, he is a covenant-keeping God, and he will take care of us. And nothing can stop what he has initiated. Nothing can stop it. Isaiah 46, 8, Isaiah says again, remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Woo! Come on. Glory to God. Our God will will accomplish everything that He has purposed to accomplish. So what's He purposed to accomplish? You know, I gotta read the book. You gotta read the book. One of the things I know is He's transforming me into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Not because it will make me a better me. It will kill me, but it will release the manifestation and the glory of Jesus, and Jesus will be exalted. You see, we've missed the point. We've missed the point about what it is to have eternal life. I say this over and over again, and I don't know that it's really penetrated many hearts. Eternal life is this. It is to know God. See, we're all excited about getting to go and have these mansions and these, I guess we think we're going to have servants with, with turndown service. I don't really know. You know, that, that's not what the scripture says, but but we get into this, this idea, we, we create heaven in earthly terms. How ignorant can we be? Well, Jesus said in my house are, are many mansions. And I go to prepare a place for you. Yeah, he has. He's prepared a place for me. He's prepared a place of presence for me. He's prepared a place where I can be with him eternally. I never, ever, 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 ever have to be out of the presence of God ever again. Okay? Amen. Amen. And so I want to start that presence finding right here, right now. He talks to the churches in in Revelation, and he tells one of the churches, he says, you have little power. But the reason you have little power is because you have little presence. You haven't spent time in the presence of God. And so we want power without presence. We want signs, wonders, and miracles without looking like Jesus. You see, it's not about signs, wonders, and miracles. It's about manifesting the glory of God so that people will fall on their face and declare there is but one God. Even Pharaoh had to declare before before all of Egypt was destroyed that, that the God of Moses was the real God and so every plague that came destroyed another god that egypt worshiped and it told them, my god is sovereign our god is greater than anything in this world there is none like him and we have to get that in our heart or we're just going to be struggling along we're never going to know the peace and joy of having a real savior it becomes all about me and not about him when i get the script flipped and I understand that it's all about him. The joy of the Lord begins to overtake me. I was, telling, I was telling Joni the other day, I said, you know, when Don Pye used to win somebody to Christ, that joker would jump up and down, holler, scream, laugh. He was so excited. I said, I, I never have been like that. I said, I never have been like that. I, I, you know, I, I love leading people to Christ, but I, it just didn't over, overwhelm me like that. Guess what? He was right, I was wrong. I should, every time, every time we win somebody to Jesus, we ought to be doing flips. They're holding a party in heaven. Why wouldn't, we, why wouldn't I want to be partying in the earth? Every time there's a healing goes forth, I ought to be rejoicing. Well, Eddie, it was just a headache. Well, keep your dang headache then. You know what I'm saying? I'm just telling you, we need to be rejoicing in who our God is. He is a God of presence. He knows. He has declared. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, and the next day, and the next day. How about you? Do you know what's going to happen in 30 minutes? No. You have no idea, but God does. And so can you trust him? Amen. I I learned something about animals the other day. I did not know. Animals don't worry. How many of you know animals don't worry? They can get anxiety, but they don't worry. I thought, wow. Wow. And part of the reason they don't worry is they don't have that kind of imagination developed. And so it's our imagination. Well, guess who plays with our imagination? The enemy comes in and tries to get us to imagine all kind of vain things. He gets us plotting things. He gets us planning things. He shows us destruction. He shows us death. My mother-in-law, bless her heart, I love mom to pieces, but she is so convinced that everybody that gets COVID is going to die, she can't sleep at night. Why? Because that's what she's heard. She's heard that everybody that gets it dies. Everybody gets it. Now, I think, it's, I think there are some people dying, don't get me wrong, but I think it's less than 0.04%. Not four percent point zero four percent, and so when we, when we begin to look at those things, are we going to look at that or are we going to look at our God and who he is and what he is doing? We are involved in an unshakable kingdom. God is not shaken by what's going on in the earth. He's not shaken because the occult practices are up. He's not shaking because of other places around the world are worshiping other gods. He's not shaken because of anything any human being do, is doing or anything the enemy is doing. Our God is not shaken he has purposed what will happen to the earth and write it down, put it in blood it will happen see we forget that we forget that and we begin to wonder and when we do that we become those that could fall away when things start going terribly wrong in our life if we forget that our God still sits on the throne that he is the king of an unshakable kingdom we get shaken I remember my mother she was passing away I didn't know she was passing away, but she was. And she had this fear come on her. She didn't really know if she was saved. Now she'd been a professing Christian for my entire life. And she loved Jesus. She studied his word. She went about it. But there was some fear that came on her. You know where that fear came from? The enemy. That fear came from the enemy. I've told the story many times when I walked out of the room and I walked back in. She said it was okay. The Holy Spirit out of... His mercy showed up and reassured her of her salvation. Amen? Amen. And within 30 minutes, she was with Jesus. And she was excited about going to see him because he showed up our God shows up and shows out if we'll just get ourselves out of the way and let God do what he said he'd do. In 1 Chronicles 29 10, therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly and David said, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above Of all our God rules and our God reigns and so we in our brains we say well if I was God I wouldn't let this be happening well you're not so get over it and he'll tell you like he did Job I didn't ask you when I laid it out I didn't ask you when I established the plans I didn't ask you how to hang the stars in the sky scientists still don't really know how that happens I didn't ask you how do they, they know the forces that are there, but they don't really know how they got there. I, I didn't ask you. He said, he said Job, you're so smart, you don't even know at what temperature the ostrich egg hatches. We probably know that now. But we didn't ask God. Are you getting what I'm, what I'm saying? Are you beginning to understand this God that we observe is, un, is an unshakable God, but we have to go into his kingdom? We have to enter into his presence. We have to do what he's called us to do. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. How many times are we trying to walk by sight? We're looking around and we're seeing the chaos. And we're hearing all the political ads and we're hearing all the journalists. I guess they're journalists. Purveyors of twisted lies. That's what they are. And it's all done for one reason, to stir us up and make us fearful. Well, I don't know about you, but I have nothing to do with fear. You want to watch a scary movie? Count me out. I'm not interested in being afraid. Amen? Fear has no place in my life. I don't want fear. I've been afraid. And I hate it. It's not something that entertains me. And what what the news media is doing, what they're saying, what the politicians are doing, what they're saying, what the doctors are doing, they're just scaring the hell out of everybody. And I mean it the way I said it, too. Why? Because fear motivates. The Bible says in the last days men's hearts will fail from fear. I don't know about you, but I want to push into the kingdom and push away from darkness. Fear is ruled by darkness. Faith is ruled by light. My God is a God of light. He is a God of revelation. He will reveal himself to those who diligently seek him. He will reward those that believe in him. He will take care of those that don't stray away from him. Don't be caught up in this idea of shaking your fist at God because things aren't going the way you think they ought to be going. Don't begin to do that. Doubt and fear come from the enemy. We have to deal with those things. The Bible says we are to overcome every position of doubt. We are to overcome every position of fear. We are to overcome the lies of the enemy. We are to overcome the defeats that we've seen in our lives. We are to overcome the shame. We are to overcome. We are called to be overcomers to him who overcomes. It says it over and over and over and over and over and over again. But if you don't put yourself inside that invisible kingdom, if you don't understand that you're not of this world, if you don't understand the new creation, then what your only thing you can do is depend on your authority coming from the world. And Jesus said, my authority doesn't come from the world and I don't give you authority from the world. You can change all the political systems you want to. You can change everything that's going on in the earth. Let me tell you something. An antichrist is coming. There's going to be an establishment of a, of a wicked kingdom on the earth, and God is going to rain down judgment, and he's going to rain down fire on the earth, and only those that stand with him will be, will be taken care of. Amen? It's going to happen. So why are we afraid? Why are we shaking in our boots? Why are we so nervous about what what all of this says? Why are we, why are we, how come we can quote more of what Rush Limbaugh says than what Jesus said? I'm just asking. And Jesus said, nobody's going to thwart my purposes. Nobody's going to stop what I'm doing in the earth. You see, a kingdom is a place where the king rules. And if you're in that kingdom, he rules over your heart. And he takes care of you. And he has said, my job is to look out after you. Let me let you in on a little secret. You don't have to worry about what angels are taking care of you. Jesus Christ is the enforcer of the covenant that he has with you. Jesus Christ is your shield. Jesus Christ is your buckler. Jesus Christ is your protector. Jesus Christ is your healer. Jesus Christ is your deliverer. Jesus Christ says, I am a good king. And I have good things for my my people amen amen come on give god praise give god praise wow the kingdom of god is not visible god is not visible guess what else is not visible the wind isn't visible but you can sure see where the wind blows can't you man it it, it can do all kind of things let me tell you what you can see where god's moving too and God wants to move inside of you, and he wants to move inside of me, and he wants that to be released in the earth. He wants the manifestation of his kingdom. He wants people to come to Christ. He wants us to be a living witness. You see, we go back and we read that word martyr in the, in the New Testament, and we think about people that are dying. But the truth of the matter is that word martyr means Witness. When you look it up in the original Greek, it's a witness, and he's saying, I'm looking for a witness in the earth, a witness to my glory, a witness to my love, a witness to all that I've done for every man, woman, and child on the planet. Jesus came for all of us, and he wants it. He deserves it. It's a spiritual kingdom, not visible. Jesus said this, the kingdom of God is where? In you. The rule of and reign of God is inside of you. But you've got to subject yourself to it. I have to subject myself to it. I can't make you bow down. You see, when I start trying to make you bow down to the rulership of the king, I have just gone out of the things of God and come into religion. And I'll let you in a little secret. God hates religion. Man cannot make you bow you either choose to bow and submit or you rebel and say no to the Holy Spirit. I was telling somebody the other day that's the reason cults work is because they give you a checklist. If you do this, 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 and this, then you're okay. Jesus, this is his checklist. Are you doing what I've told you to do? Are you bringing glory to my name in the earth? Are you walking through the open doors that I have created for you? Pretty short list when you get right down to it. He said, my yoke is easy. I hear people all the time talk about the yoke, and they talk about the oxen yoke and stuff like that, and I guess it does have that secondary meaning, but the initial meaning is the teachings. He said, my yoke is very easy. Herman brought it up last week. Love God, love people. That's the yoke. If you you know those two things, you can serve him with all your heart. You see, we're not of this world. Everything that's carnal, sensual, and worldly must be removed from our concept of Christ's kingdom. You mean i got to get rid of everything that's worldly? Nope, that's not what I said. But we're trying to bring Christ into our world rather than getting into his world. He's called us to be not of this world. And yet we've asked him to bless, our, to bless us in such a way that, that we are more caught up in being here we would rather be here on this planet than to be with Jesus in the kingdom. And so instead of joining Jesus, we're asking him to join us. That's where we find ourselves. Matthew seven twenty one, one of the scariest scriptures in the whole Bible to me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Notice what he said. You can do all the stuff, and I'm going to read it here in a minute. You can have all the signs and wonders and miracles, and you can prophesy, and you can jump up and down and have the Holy Ghost trots. You can do every bit of that, but if you don't do what the Father sent you to do, he said, you don't know me. You don't know me. Only those who do the will of my Father. And what he goes on to say, and on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Lord, we even cast out demons in your name. We did mighty works in your name. And then will Jesus declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. King James says iniquity. Wow. Church better wake up. The true church will follow no matter what. True believers will never back up on God. But those that have just come along for the ride, he says, You were part of the crowd, but you were never part of what I am. You showed up to the wedding feast, but you didn't have on my garment. You came not robed in my righteousness. You came not washed in my blood. You came without being, ever being in my presence. Unshakable kingdom. Where is the kingdom? Within you, within me. Where is that unshakable, invisible kingdom? Within. The unshakable kingdom is within. Let me say it again. The unshakable kingdom is within. So when we get shaken, we need to retreat in. To the kingdom come out of what we're seeing with our eyes and enter into his presence until such time as we've been clothed in the armor that he has put on us and we're ready to charge the gates of hell and say "Uh, uh-uh, i refuse i refuse to be defeated i refuse to walk in depression i refuse to do anything but walk in presence having done all to stand stand that's right come on give god praise give god praise We live in the place of the kingdom now and the kingdom to come. We understand that it's not in full manifestation, but it will be. How do you know that? Because Jesus said it would be. I just read all the scriptures that said what God purposed to do, He will do. We will see the full manifestation of the kingdom. And as we move closer and closer to the to the the time of the end you will see more manifestations than you've ever seen in your life but it won't be because of a man it'll be because Jesus Christ is being exalted he is being lifted up he is being glorified and people are falling on their knees before him I always heard if somebody saw somebody raised from the dead everybody would believe that is not true Jesus brought Lazarus right out of the tomb and there were very few that believed What causes people to believe in Jesus is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that gets a hold of them and the revelation of who God is. And once they get the revelation of God, it doesn't matter then. The manifestation of the revelation of God himself is what changes our hearts from an unbeliever to a believer. It's what convicts us of our sin. It's what convicts us that we are guilty before God. It's what allows us to enter into his presence, fall on our knees, ask for forgiveness, and receive the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Then he says, my kingdom is within the power, the authority. Jesus said, all authority and heaven and earth reside in the kingdom, which is within you. I don't get to tell him what to do. He tells me what to do. And until we reverse roles, we're not going to be very effective in the kingdom. I'm making sense to you today. I'm going to continue with this, but I'm going to stop right here. I want you to make a commitment. I want you to make a commitment to submit yourself to the Lord, to go into his presence and say, God, how can we flip the script? How can we flip the script? I want to do what you're telling me to do. I want to be who you call me to be. It's time. It's time for me to submit to you totally and completely. I have areas in my life that are unsubmitted. How about you? Lord keeps dealing with me and I just keep shoving him down. Listen, I I, I do believe all we've seen is a snippet of the things that are going to happen on the earth. I believe there's going to be an increase in wars. I believe there's going to be an increase in plagues. I believe there's going to be an increase in all this stuff. But that's not what's exciting. What's exciting is the increase of what God will do. Now, let me just tell you this. I'm going to close. I promise you I'm going to close with this. I've said this before, but this is my heart belief. You see, there are three major times of miracles in the Scripture. One was during the time of Moses. One was during the time of Elijah. And one was during the time of Jesus. Now, there were miracles that took place, I know, in the church. Great, great miracles. But unprecedented amount of miracles took place in those three eras. It's just unprecedented when you go back and study it. And so when we look at Elijah, Elisha, that period of time, when we look at Moses in that period of time and Jesus and his disciples in that period of time, we're still seeing them. We still see miracles. We understand that. But I believe that you're going to see, I believe with all my heart, you're going to see all three of those greater than what happened in the day of Moses, greater than what happened in the day of Elijah and Elisha, greater than what happened in the day of Jesus darkness will not be able to stop the light light will bust the gates of hell wide open and the captives are going to run free
0: you've been listening to sunday sermons from Southside christian fellowship church a place where you're loved accepted and received a place of healing a place of prayer a place of hope we invite you to join us this sunday and every sunday Service times, location, and other information about the church. Please visit our website at SouthsideChristianFellowship.net. Again, that's SouthsideChristianFellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a father's blessing over you.
1: May the Lord bless and keep you, and He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you that the Lord will lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In
0: Jesus' name we pray. Amen.